welcome to another episode of Relative Pitch. I hope y'all been doing well. And I know us, me, myself, I've been on Twitter lately looking at a couple of uh, scandals. Um, I'm going to pass it off to the Twitter expert in the group and see if he found something sp- sp- particularly spicy on Twitter. Well, I'm guessing that's me. I guess that is me. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, really up to date. But the first thing I would like to discuss is education is in a crisis. Period. It's in a crisis. Um, the educators, we um, are not feeling deserving uh, of everything that is coming to us. Like, I really feel, um, I've been seeing so many articles talking about uh, schools are not even opening their doors because staff is not going to be there because either um, school districts are not keeping them safe from COVID or making their class sizes 40, 50 students in one period. How do you expect for one person to be in control of 50, 60 um, people? The reason there are 50, 60 uh, students are in a class is because these other teachers aren't here. So they got to kind of put them in different places instead of just going virtual again. Like we are so scared to go virtual again. Well, I might have to say parents are scared of going virtual. They have to be in control of their children. I think teachers are too. It's not just parents. There's a lot of teachers out here who don't want to do it because it's harder because they're not, they weren't taught to do that. So instead of learning something new that could health benefit everybody, they just want to do what they were trained to do. And I understand that. We all were not built to learn online. Some of us were, and they go through online college and they do like the online stuff. Heaven be to you. Amy, I learned nothing. I stare at the screen. I'm like, Two plus two equals one. I mean, four. I mean, two. I mean, because I really don't be paying attention. Here's the thing. Let me just tell you now. The ones, and, and currently, oh, Lord, what is falling, child? These are spirits. These are the spirits. They, don't, are the spirits. they don't want you. That's that's big uh, That's big school. They don't want you uh, talking about this stuff. That's big, they don't. Stop big school for big pharma. That's the big brother. Up here in the corner, just like Hello. they mess with my color crayons back there. Look, like, mm. Jesus. they don't I want you to sports study tonight. You gotta but, put some hope over there, right? We, we need to pray about that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, first, just seeing that, like, we were filming this episode the week after Martin Luther King Day. Um, and the week before, I was seeing how there were many districts and like the big states of like Texas, Oklahoma, um, they extended their MLK weekend because there was literally no one available to open the school, to open the school. So yes, there are teachers who might be like, "Mm, I don't want to do virtual. As a band teacher, it would be very hard. And um, honestly, a lot of morale will be down, but you know what? At least we're safe. Yeah. And at least we're not overworked because also on top of COVID and everything, everything is put on you from 504s to IEPs to this, to that, to that. I, there was literally a Facebook post um, a couple months ago where it literally explained everything a teacher had to do um, 
in a one day. And at the end, it says, I cry, I go to bed, and I wake up and I do it again. There think was a post I saw on Facebook. That. Like, th think about you living your day-to-day -day life, going through all of that. Say if you do have children, your your child doesn't even know you. What I saw one, one teacher say, I left the profession. Come January, I, I will not be returning because my daughter told me she doesn't even know who I am because I don't have time. So there's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah, I saw I saw a post that was talking about this teacher who she was talking about not only just all this, the things she did as a teacher, but as like a parent for these students who they feel like they didn't have a parent, you know, job applications, getting them deodorant from school, making sure they had money to eat. And no, that's not a part of the job description. That is something they leave out when you are applying for these jobs, but you find yourself in those situations. So no, they're not just teaching them geometry. They're not just teaching them like health and sciences or anatomy. It's more than that. And the overworked aspect is trickling down to college kids, high school kids, middle school kids. Cause like we went, there's people higher up. I don't know who they is. They get paid way more money than me for no reason. Um, thought that because the last two years or like one and a half, two years were online that we need to do more than usual. Or even if we did the usual, it feels like more because we literally halted life. And now you're throwing all this stuff and we're like, and you see people leaving grad school. You see people changing their undergrad majors. You see high schoolers having crisis in high school. You're supposed to enjoy your middle school and high school years. Those are your formative years that you were supposed to enjoy love and then when you get to college you start really working and now we're expecting all these kids to do x y and z on top of making all a's like the standard went from and i under, i agree went from graduating high school to making all a's to making all a's and doing 10 million extracurricular activities to now making all a's 10 million extracurricular activities and doing a job that's not high school that is not high school. High school is supposed to be fun. Middle school is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to run around. You're supposed to have fun, hang out with your friends, and of course, do good at school. But now we're stacking so much on every student at every single level that people are like, I don't want to do this no more. I'm going to go work at McDonald's. You know, honestly, I would even say like when we were coming through school, we still had to get good grades and have some type of extracurricular activities. I mean, that has just been the, the society progression mm -hmm. over time. And we have gotten to that point where now we expect high school students to have good grades, have a job, have all these extracurriculars. On top of that, be good at whatever they, they you know, whatever their choosing is. Um, so is, I guess that's society's progression. I, I'm really scared to know what we're going to, what is going to be next, what is going to be added to the plate. And I can tell you now, the students that I am seeing in this age, I don't, I don't, y'all, it's rough. 
It is rough. Again, on the teacher who, who said she was not le- or she was leaving, she was like, these kids, sometimes they can be the rudest thing you've ever seen in your life. Because they were kept at home and were able to do whatever they wanted as long as they didn't bother mama and dada. Exactly. Dada. And also for teachers, a lot of us are feeling like, you know, yeah, we spent all of this money to get a teaching degree. We're supposed to be teaching, but in reality, we're nothing but just glorified babysitters. And into that, with talking about teachers, we got to talk about salary, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna go not only just time, effort, resources, but salary. The it's a joke what educators are, are paid in this country. It is a joke to do all that they're, that there's expected to do and then for them to do all those things. And a lot of teachers, all those extra things they do for your students in the classroom, outside the classroom, that is out of their pocket. So no, it's not that little salary that you think that, that you're supporting that is getting your kid through school because it takes more than that these days for your students to be spectacular, to stand out in college applications. Those teachers are overworked and underpaid. And what bothers me more is to see people in positions who don't nearly deserve that amount of money getting paid for playing Beethoven every weekend. Did I say that? I did say that. And I will say that again. Talk about it, though. Because, you know, I'm mad. I I will be pissed. I will take on that piss award because we are sitting here paying $100,000 to $150,000 plus uh, to people, they are talented, but to play Beethoven mm-hmm. once on a Thursday, Friday night. I but, mean, we can, we can go a step further. We're paying one point five to ten million for people to beat each other in the heads on Sundays. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We a different route with that million. Take one of their salaries and throw it at the education department. Throw it at me. Honestly, I'll take a fraction. You know, half of of these college coaches get two salaries, and people don't know that. They get a salary from a private donor Mm. or donors, and they get a salary from the school. Now, without – imagine a football team full of players that don't know how to count to ten. And don't. That don't know how to write. That don't know what left and right are. So without your educators, K through 12. I mean, if we really want to knock some people over the head, I mean, you might want to look at the high school football coaches because they are the biggest paid person on a public school campus. You mean the weight trainers? Huh? You mean the weight trainers? Because that's their class low, technically. Weight trainers. Correct. But they're the highest paid on the campus. They're going to pay more than the principal. Mm. The principal, the alleged person over the entire school, but a coach is getting paid more. And only technically, the football season is what, from August or July, um, really until December. And sure, you could talk about, you know, spring training, whatever. But that's only after school or whatever. What do you do during school? They weight train. They lead weight training. Or if you had coaches like I did in high school. Oh, they do ISS. 
ISS or be a PE teacher, but we'll be sitting in the class and we'll just, it was a play period for us. I had a science coach one time. I had a social studies coach. Mm. The science coach was actually good at science. I will say that. The social studies one was social studies. A, a lot of impartial views were spilled in that class. I don't think I actually learned from a book. I learned from a uh, uh, um, his personal views of politics. Cause that's mm-hmm. all I heard, and this was this was circa 20, uh, 2014. This was Obama Mitt Romney election. So Mitt Romney, you know how that was going, and I was one of one in the class, so you know how that was going. Did y'all have homework in high school? We I, did. Had it in, I had it in middle school. Yeah, because some of these kids don't know how to cook. They think cooking is making mac and cheese from a Velveeta box. And they will you continue. Do that. You do that. No, I don't make mac and cheese. I make cheese there from that. Don't try. Anthony, you know I can cook. Don't come for me on the screen. How many people think cereal is cooking? You the stay over there in Florida. The thing about it, though, joking, but for real, though, imagine if there were classes that actually taught students, like, basic things about how to cook, how to... Do laundry. Taxes. Wait, how to do taxes? Taxes. Um, because the, taxes. I, I teach seniors, okay? I teach seniors, and they're going off to college, and they're talking about FAFSA, and they're talking about taxes, and they have jobs, and they're like, how do I do this? What am I doing? Like... What are you learning in economics? They like, need to. They need to learn this. They're learning about old economics. Correct. How to like, write a check? Maybe. You don't know how to write a check. Well, you ain't gonna know how to write a check anymore. Uh, and in some places, you you might. They or money order. routing numbers, account right. numbers. I don't know routing numbers. Like. Come on, this is the basics. Uh, how to open a checking account, how to close a checking account, um, how to transfer to another bank. Credit card, how credit works. Dangers of credit card. Dangers of credit cards. <laughs> Let me march up in there and teach about that because ooh, Jesus. And why aren't we why aren't we teaching our kids in high school that are because we do want them to go to college or find an occupation or whatever, but student loans. Yes. Who yes. I didn't know anything about a student loan until I started doing college. And when I first did it, I was like, um, maybe this, I one? guess I'm going to sign my life over. And now looking five years, six years, seven years later, I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have <laughs> did that. Um, I have a question for y'all. We are, we get a little off topic, but it's okay. No one cares. Um, why do I see a overwhelming number of high schools and middle schools getting ROTC programs? It's like program. for me, it's like early special specialization. It's like we don't we don't put we're not we don't have med programs coming in. We don't have business programs coming in. Like music, that's not even early specialization. Like we're not in a conservatory in high school. But this ROC I've like observed some of these I love love the military. They protect us, blah 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 blah. My dad was a veteran. Love it. But like in middle school and in high school, it's literally like, hey, this is your one route. If you're not doing this, you're never going to be successful. It's like how I see it happening. It I did not know like, it was in middle school. What, what, I didn't know that either. When did we start putting 
ROTC programs in middle school and why are they in middle schools? Is It would be my question. Well, if it's not there, if it's not there, I've heard a lot of rumors about their coming. But, well, to, okay. To get them ready for the high school? Only to ship them out into the military. See, and <laughs> don't it's get, grooming. Me, started, don't it's get grooming. me started on my views of the military because they are not the popular opinion. And don't look, my mom was in the military. She was served in Desert Storm. She did 20 plus years. You know, she got the medallions and everything. But just know this one does not follow that. It just, it just blows my mind that we have that but we are struggling to make sure there's enough English teachers oh. so they have to take on extra class loads that there's enough math teachers that there, and this is the thing goes. I, I apologize if I'm over speaking, but Anthony's job title is four and one or at least two and one, two people. That's better, but it technically should be four and one. Because you want the you want every student to have the most education they can, and when you take one person, you stretch them out to four things, and then on top of that, maybe make them babysit sometimes, or something like that. And that's not just Anthony. Uh, I know a band director who teaches three ISS classes, aka watch them, and then do three band classes. What if he had more time for students who really wanted to do the thing? To just come in and practice, to come in and him work with them about music theory, about just like music in general. But no, he's watching the ISS people. Because they feel as though if we don't have a class during a period, like a, a class class, we'll get shipped away. Look, we got to do something. And it, it turns into being a babysitter, a glorified babysitter. And then when say a discipline issue happens and we say something about this discipline and it doesn't get handled nope because why should it apparently because right. you're the babysitter you make the rules you didn't you did not uh set your rules on the first day of class so how were they supposed to follow mm. when did this become my fault when did when it become my fault that y'all couldn't hire teachers or y'all couldn't get all these kids scheduled in the right class. Why is this my fault now? And why am I in a classroom with students who parents got COVID mm. and I don't know that? Mm. And they, they sitting here with no mask and no nothing, coughing, laughing, playing and everything. So where's my protection? Because to them, it ain't, it ain't, it's not privy for your knowledge. Mm. They just need to know it just to keep in track. Like, okay, this person's here. This person's here. Oh, it's just, okay. They're, 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 once things pop off, we will then take action. And you know, this is why education is in a crisis. It's in a crisis because there's a lot of things that uh, are being said, but the people who are making the mandates and people who are making the rules and policies or whatever is not listening. They're not listening. Or they have so the thing about it, and that too, but educators are looked at as babysitters. That is why they don't want to do online school. They say, I want to send my kids to you for the entire day so I don't have to be with them. 
Um, or people who go the route of, oh, well, I, I don't have the childcare for it. Well, that should be something the government, that should be something they handle. If you think exactly a year ago, we were talking about how people make these false statements and mm. everything like that. So a year ago when all these kids were virtual and the parents had to be in control of their learning, all you heard was, we need to value our teachers. We need to do this for our teachers because you found out that when you have your own children, mm. they ain't as easy as you thought it was. And now here's another thing, another thing that teachers have to go through. When we have parent conference meeting, you come yelling at us, cussing at us, talking about how dare you say that my child does this. Da, da, da. Do you know your child? Don't. Because it, I see him eight days or not eight days, eight hours a day. Yeah, um, they might act a certain way home, but here it's another issue. But we get attacked from parents, we get attacked from uh, uh, representatives and politicians and everything else. But we're then we're told to have a smile on your face. You have a job. You're changing somebody's life. You're you were doing the good work. But where are my reparations? Girl, that's so, there's so much gaslighting going on. So much. Oh, I hate the word. I hate the word gaslighting. I'm gonna be honest. I still hate it. I always hate it because it just like. But like, yeah, it's happening to every educator ever, like ever. But you know, it also doesn't make it easy. Is when there are these allegedly educational institutions. Uh, that we send our children to, and I'm going to get specifically to music, where we send our students, or we we become their PR team to send our students for a whole summer to do a marching activity. Mm. We send our students mm. to these institutions for them not to be safe, not mm. to be heard, to be thrown away. And then when they tell their story they get blocked on every social media platform by that institution let's talk about it so who who wants to explain what dci is <clears throat> y'all are marching. dci is the marching pageantry arts where creativity blurs the lines between movement and music Wow, is that good. I really, I really like the character I went into. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I'm here. But yeah, so pretty much everybody, it's you take your regular marching bands, core style marching bands. Let me specify that because we have traditional HBCU style and we have core style. Um, traditional HBCU style does not exist in course in DCI because drum core international. That's where core style comes from. This is the old school roll step that you used to see all the time. So, DCI is quote-unquote professional marching bands. It's high schoolers and college-age uh, students who want to go and do that for a summer. So, they spend all summer perfecting a show. Now, there is merit in... There's merit in what they do. 
like learning how to do that is a skill that musicians and not even musicians need to learn, but other people need to learn. It's like, how can I perfect something with this amount of time? How can I work with X amount of people? It is a good, it is a good um, time and activity for people to do, but there's a lot of things that go on with it. And I'm just, this is supposed to be a fun thing for summer. It's not supposed to be only work. But sometimes that fun goes too far. You paying thousands of dollars to have this fun? Unless they really want you. It's like, I mean, it's like college. It's like music festivals. It's like everything in music. Like, unless they really want you, like, really want you, you're going to pay thousands of dollars to not even come in, in finals. I say that. on SOA. I did Hey, I didn't say them. There's a lot of other cores. I'll say them. I know you say that. What you going to do? <laughs> so, recently, I will explain what Anthony just said. Recently, there had, um, I forget the young woman's name. I've read most of the stuff, but I forget her, her name. She came forward with a story, her story, about what happened on a tour bus in Spirit of Atlanta. That is what SOA means. And that story was taken higher up, higher up, and it was finally taken to the DCI headquarters. And there was more than just what happened on the bus. Like We're talking more- about it was more than just her story. Her story sparked other people coming out. Well, her story also dealt with trigger warning sexual assault. That's the biggest issue of her story. Um, that was that was not uh, taken uh, seriously whatsoever. That happened before this whole bus incident. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She reported this, and oh, there was no police report. The person um, that was, was the perpetrator uh, really wasn't dealt with until, like, it was, she's like, um, something needs to happen. Then on top of that, this bus issue happens. So there... Two, first of all, this is like four strikes, six strikes, eight strikes, you're out anyway. Well, it was probably three strikes when she report, tried to report it three times. Like, And I, I, I don't know this young lady personally. I'm very, like, she's extremely brave for what she did and for continuing to seek justice. Mm. Even though she's been blocked. She spoke up and first and one thing about when people speak up, it allows other people to tell their story as well. Um, And then there was another young lady who in the same core, um, she ended up suffering a, uh, a, well, I I believe it's a lot. I'm not, I'm not a medical professional, but a long-term body injury. Um, I think it was a, a torn knee or, or something, but basically she tried to seek medical attention with this core and they basically said, keep going. Now, for people that don't know drum corps, you wake up about 6 a.m. and you rehearse all day in the hot sun, in the rain, the snow, where, wherever you are until 1030 at night. You get a little 30-minute lunch break, a little 30-minute dinner, and then you back out in the sun, the rain, the whatever. 
And they basically said, oh, patch that knee up, get back out there in March. And so she ended up going to a, not the core medical person, but a, a, a actual, well, maybe they was actual professionals, but a, a outside professional. And the doctor ended up saying, you have suffered a, a, a tear in your knee, basically. Um, if I if I remember correctly, um, which is going to be a long term body injury. And I, I just want to say, first of all, put let's put some respect on Mackenzie Grace's name. That's Mackenzie Grace, who was was the uh, young woman who spoke up about this and started all of these. Um, the, the, she just she released the beast. Right. Um, and Holly Cooper was the young lady who also who was um, who was injured during spirit. And I mean, put some respect on it because we've noticed with this one, with every subject ever with controversy, once one person comes forward, they all start coming forward. Exactly. And the minute I saw this story go forward, I was like, I bet every single drum corps is shaking in their boots. They're waiting. Because this stuff has been happening been happening and this is why me personally have really been turned off of the dci experience Mm. because these are not the first stories that i have heard about stuff like this um the the amount of aggression of some of these staff members at these cores, like they feel like since I'm on staff, I'm somebody big and I can talk to whomever I want to in any way, type, fashion, or form. Yeah, no, it's getting very military-like to me. Very military-like to me, and I don't like that. It's, uh, I love the activity. I've always loved the activity. Um, And with every activity, there's good and there's bad like in every core and hopefully not every core is bad, but you never know. Everybody has their own history and stuff. Um, and I think the activity and art does something for music, uh, and certain people who like to do that stuff. But I really think we need to look at it. Like we do everything in music lately. We had to look at it and make sure it's the best form. Like yelling, yelling doesn't equal teaching. I'm sorry. If anybody, anybody yells at me, parent grandparent teacher colleague you have no respect for me if you're yelling at me you have no respect for just talk to them that's not teaching you don't yell at your kids when you go home because half of these people teach music somewhere else you don't yell at them then why are you yelling at these people because you are yelled at why are we just perpetuating the same thing why are we keeping the cycle going break it be someone new don't do what's been done when you say young, like in your face, in my personal bubble, yes. like, like you were right in my face saying this. Um, and one thing about this that really upsets me is the people who are defending these institutions still, who are saying, oh, she shouldn't have done this because she's just blown out of proportion and um knew that like she she uh mckenzie actually posted a lot of you know um screenshots from people that marched that time 
um, saying that I wish you would have done this. You really need to think about this. I would love to meet y'all. The, the thing about it We have talked about sexual assault, sexual abuse on this podcast before. When it came to James Levine of the Metropolitan Opera, we definitely spoke We spoke about that. The thing that continues to happen, our victims are blamed for the things that they speak up about. And it is sickening because it continues to happen in the music community in every single field that's out there. It continues to happen. And the idea that someone finally having the courage to speak on something that is such a traumatic experience for them and then to get met to to be met with denial threats just it's sickening it's sickening and it continues to happen and it will continue to happen because there are people who are not there for the right reasons no matter what you say. If you love something, you want to make it better. If you love this sport, what you should be doing is calling out what DCI did, calling out what Spirit of Atlanta is doing, if you love them so much. That is what you should be doing. That is how to make it better. That is how we make it better. I agree, because it's going to stay the same thing, and it's ultimately going to be its demise. If you continue to allow this behavior to happen, this sport that you might love so much will be gone. Because something that we have learned in the past two years is that what you either do or say or however you may act behind closed doors, once it come out, there will be change because the generation now and the generation after, they gonna hold you accountable. Best believe that. You will be dealt with. And just to go off of that, I remember finding, like reading the initial post that happened, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I called Anthony and I was like, I am embarrassed to say that I recommended kids March drum course at times. Cause like I, and I know every parent who heard about this, they entrusted you with their kid for their education and every benefit. Like they entrusted you. Sixteen's not an adult. Fifteen's not an adult. Eighteen ain't even a damn adult. Like, how how can people entrust you with their kids? It's supposed to be an educational opportunity. Because when does when do they get shipped? It's like May, June, July, August, right? Those yeah, they the have camps throughout the spring too. And then they have camps. So I have basically given up seeing my child for a whole summer while they go all around the country, sleeping on gym floors, out in the house. Buses. Buses that probably smell rank as hell. And only for them to come back and say, all of this happened to me. And nothing was done about it. And, and you know, this is what I, this, I don't know this for a fact. I'm going out on a limb. 
I feel like Spirit of Atlanta, before this actually hit the fan, they were trying to cover up the story. I really feel like they were trying they was trying their best to cover up this story. But one thing about social media is it only takes one retweet or it one share. One. And it's well, gone everywhere. This we gonna come back to the DCI thing real quick. It takes one, right? It took one, I think it was the past three months, took one high school band director being fired to another one to be fired mm. about the same cause. It takes one person and takes a couple of news cycles to get stuff fixed. And all I'm going to say is I love the sport of DCI. I, I, I have friends who have done it. We've all had friends who have done it. Some of them have had great experiences, like changing. Some of them have not. They have had fine experiences. But things have to change. If this is going to be an educational opportunity, it has to change. And again, a year from last year, we talked about people giving statements that are just his value. There were statements because they needed to make some type of statement. So I want to read you a statement. This is a joint statement by Drum Corps International and Spirit of Atlanta. Spirit of Atlanta. And it reads, as Spirit of Atlanta has examined the task ahead of us to provide the safest and best experience to members, staff, and volunteers, and also in consultation with DCI, we have made the decision to go on hiatus and reorganized during the 2022 season. Spirit of Atlanta believes that this is the best path forward to serve our mission, build the infrastructure that we know that we need for our future success and to build the core that we want to be. We believe that stepping back will allow Spirit to deeply analyze the challenges, the changes that will help this organization and actively make improvements needed to provide the highest standard for the health safety and social emotional needs for our participating youth. Spirit of Atlanta and DCI collectively believe that it is in the best interest of all to complete this important work and return as a competitive core in 2023. We look forward to returning to the field soon. Um, I'm by the board chair, executive director, and the core director. Question. How do we feel about this statement? When was that statement released? Um, this statement was released on uh, January 16th. Because originally, they were still going to march this tour. Mm. Like the tour that we're about to happen. Mm. Originally, the first statement was they're going to still march it and then go on suspension for two years. That pissed me off. Why Why do you get a flower before you leave? Mm-hmm. Why? Exactly. But then I will say, I don't know if it was DCI, I don't know if it was Spirit, I don't know if it was both of them, but just ending this ending this season two and then the suspension, that gave me, that gave him a little grace, like this much, little flower, uh, like a little tiny, like, seed. I, I don't give them that because the only reason they, they are doing this is because- Because there's so many, yep. They have to, because uh, if you go on their Facebook page and the, the, today that we're filming, this is 23rd of January, um, they've made three statements. The statement that I just read was the 
the latest one. The first one, which came on January the 9th, which was mm-hmm. around the time when all of this kind of hit the fan, they were placed on probation for 24 months and the organization is fully devoted to complying whatever. The probation uh, does not impact Spirit's competitive participation in 2022 mm-hmm. summer tour. So then they went into DCI had to investigate Spirit of Atlanta then. Then they come up with another update on January 13th that talks a little bit more about the leaders and open and honest dialogue and really just giving, I guess, everybody like this is what's going on. But we already know what's going on. We These already know. statements, they never they never learned with these statements. Mm-mm. It's face value. It is face value. It is it, honestly CYA. Cover your own ass. That's <laughs> all it is. That's all it is. Because oh, if I don't make a statement, oh, people are going to say this and that and that. So let me make a very generic thing. I I still don't hear any apology to Mackenzie. Or anybody else that has suffered while in the care of this institution. Because that would be admitting guilt. Mm. You can never do that. And, you can never do that. And, and business one-on-one, they tell you never admit guilt. See, if you just admit guilt, that's the first step of learning how to be better. That's like when everything is going on, like the past couple of years... After the summer of 2020, people had to realize they had their own biases. They might not be racist or sexist or like um, homophobic. They just have biases. And once you, everybody in this world has a bias. Everybody. Not one person does not have a bias. Once you discover your bias, you can truly start being a better person. Once you admit your mistakes, you can truly become a better person. But until you do that, you will never be better. You can be fake better. It's like I can be I can fake a, a musical experience for somebody. I can walk out on stage, play these pieces I hate, and fake a musical experience. But even if I hate them, there's somebody in the audience who's never heard these pieces live before. So it's my duty to make sure that they get the best experience possible. That we make it a musical experience. So until they may admit mistakes, it'll never get better. We'll probably see them back here in, what, 10 years? So, do you see how shaking in their boots? As they, As should, they should be. <laughs> As they should be. Because it's been time for a change. It's been time for a change. Um, because I know some of the, I, I personally know some of these people that are on staff at some of these organizations. And in my head, I'm like, I personally would not recommend my child to be in the care of you. Sorry. I was very specific when I recommended my kids to certain cores. Because I have, I, the one thing about DCI I've never agreed with is sometimes there's bad, bad brass pedagogy and bad just pedagogy in general. It's very like, ah, do this. Mm-hmm. 
we do x, y equals this. That's not teaching. Reading a book is not teaching. Reading an article is not teaching. I can do that on my own. I need you to encourage me. So when I recommended them for to go March, I recommended them for certain. Like here's the different levels. There's two different levels. Here's a weekend. Here's a full time. These are the cores that have the bet. These are the cores that have the people I respect as educators that I would go take time out and talk to them and take a lesson or two with them. Those are the only course I like told them to go March. But just like, but this incident made me like, okay, is this happening everywhere? In the back of your head, even if you don't know for sure, you probably can assume it's happening a lot of the places, if not everywhere. So like, how do you... I've heard that happens on every core. Now, I might be wrong, but I have heard more than just Spirit of Atlanta's little talent, rookie talent night. And now, have your fun, but have your appropriate fun. Exactly. And if somebody, and if somebody says they are uncomfortable. Stop. Just stop. Just stop. No means no. No means no. Consent is key. Consent is the key that can be stolen at any time. If someone says no, in the middle of it, no. No means no. Period. But also, like, besides no meaning no, I'm uncomfortable means no. I'm scared means no. I don't want to do this means no. There's so many ways a person can show I'm not giving consent to this. I am afraid. Yes. Don't be stupid. <laughs> you know right. the difference. Don't be, don't be, uh, what is it, purposefully obtuse. Mm-hmm. And don't think that because 98 people out of 100 is like, we're doing this. And two people say... I don't want to do this, that it's still okay because 98 said yes and two said no. No, 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 no. If they're there, you, stop. Done. Stop. Cut. Cut. So, but, but you know what, y'all? The, I feel like it is time for a, a, a renovation of the pageantry yes. arts of drum corps. Um, I think it's a renovation and a reform of the education system because honestly, in both systems, they aren't working and they need to be fixed. Um, But we can talk about this forever. And so we really hope that you all, um, if you have any opinions, please leave them down below. We'll love to, to, to talk because these are, these issues, they're definitely not going away tomorrow. Um, so we would love to talk with you and please, please, please stay tuned for the next episode because the next episode is going to be our special live at Jimmy A recording um, where we're going to uh, be doing our session, uh, pushing from the inside, bringing change to equity, bring equity to the middle of the high school band. Okay, we got a talented panelist. Roster. Okay? The roster of this is going to be fantastic. And I know it's going to make a fantastic session and a fantastic episode. So please stay tuned for that. And I hope you have a great week and stay safe out there, y'all. Bye. Bye.